cross, my quiver's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm an outdoor junkie through and through, hunts my middle name. My eyes are on the target, broadheads all fly true. Can't wait till I can get outside so I can fling a few. The one and only David DeVille. Welcome to the Trad Quest Podcast. Hey, thanks, James. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. It's been a, <clears throat> I think a couple years, man. It has. We uh we went through a pandemic and here we are. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty accurate. That is pretty accurate. Um, yeah. That that uh, I I care not to even talk about that pandemic. Let's move forward from that <laughs> one. That was a setback for sure. Boy, it uh. Yeah, they it it was a. Uh, well, I will say this, and then we can move on. That I believe there were people with good intentions, but their actions led to a lot of destruction. And and I'll run with and I'll and I'll stop with that. Yeah, yeah, and I and I guess now all of a sudden I'm popping back uh, onto the airways. I'll say that. Yeah, the destruction that COVID left behind definitely, you know brought some just you know just some things to my to my life and to my family that I just kind of put the podcasting on the back burner and and even some hunting and and uh but I'm happy that to be behind us and and uh things are uh, looking good moving forward I think I'm I'm trying to be real optimistic you know cuz I think we everyone needs to be optimistic right now because it doesn't uh, help not to be well pessimistic just gets you more pessimism but optimism gets you more opportunities yes, in life and yes. so we definitely run with that man I always stay on the positive side however we as a we as a society always i mean that's what we, we we're hunters and we're we're under attack societally and the, it seems like uh, the the um there's nefarious entities that don't have my best well-being at heart <laughs> yeah. so i gotta keep my eye open for a hundred percent especially in that wild uh concrete jungle that uh, you live so close to down there yeah actually right now james i am uh sitting at castake lake in southern california um for people who who know it who which which i've been as i listened to a bunch of your podcast and you did socal some socals and just california guys and and like yourself guys who grew up in California and, and aren't here anymore, but they, they're very aware of California. I'm sitting over the lake right now looking at Castake and it's, it's probably, it's probably 75 mm. on December, December 11th and water's calm. The ice is the, the lake is like glass right now. So I'm smoking a stogie cause I knew that you were going to call me. And awesome. we're gonna have a conversation. So yeah, that's and my setting. I like I like it. Uh, this podcast was supposed to take place uh, up on the Angeles Crest, overlooking the city of Los Angeles and the Pacific Ocean and the Channel Islands. 
Um, we, we got together there, uh, a year ago and, uh, we, yeah. went, we went out and shot air. Uh, I was in town for some family stuff and we got together and spent a day shooting, uh, at one of your local archery ranges. And then, uh, went up Pasadena the- roving archers, one of the oldest, uh, archery ranges in California. Yeah. That was so- really cool. There was, there was, uh, parrots. The people have like let oh, yeah. let free over the years, and there was just a whole flock of them uh, flying in the trees, and uh, a lot of bear yeah, sign. Yeah, they're loud. Uh, there oh, was, yeah. yeah, it was cool. Yeah, we had a, we, we had a good time, and and we uh, went up into the mountains and drove around and talked about bear hunting, and uh, went and had Mexican food, and that was uh, a <laughs> was, that was fun. It was good, and one of the things, because James, I pointed out. I pointed out some areas to you that um, I don't do. I don't, I don't. Um, so, you know, you know, some hunting spots yeah. that nobody knows. Yeah. But. I, I, I was, I was definitely privileged to, to, uh, yeah, he, he pointed out, you know, some of the places where, where some of these stories take place and, and yeah. uh, it was pretty incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That, and the reason I did that, and I'm not kidding, because because we were there, we were looking, we we had a great dinner, bro, and um, I'm like James, this is where I hunt, and you're like, what? Yeah, and I go, yeah, all of this, man. Yeah, this is, this is my playground. And we got there uh, via your Prius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Hey. and- Mama didn't raise a fool, and yeah. I get fifty plus miles a gallon. Yeah, well, uh, this fool forgot to bring double A batteries for the recorder, and so the podcast didn't get recorded that night. So we just uh, we we did we did a couple podcasts uh, via conversation. Just no uh, no one else got to listen to them, but it was a cool time yeah, uh, yeah. getting to meet you and, and spend a, a day with you. That was awesome. Um, yeah, I concur, man. It was it was really cool. That is what they call the brother of the bow. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's because of the bow brought us together. And then on top of that, the hunting. Yep. And you're like, oh, you're a, tra- you're a trad bow hunter. And trad bow hunters definitely have a different vibe than the compounds. Um, I mean, it just is. You can't deny it. Uh, when, when you see another a guy shooting, whether it's hunting in the field or at a, at a shoot, and you, and he's shooting a, a similar stick. You're like, you know, you're like, hey, you know, oh, what yeah. are you shooting? What are you running? Right away. There's a there's a brotherhood there. Yeah, right away. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, and you real you recognize that person's choosing the hardest way possible as well. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So there's 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 a mutual respect yeah. given. Mm-hmm. That's a very that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that usually attracts in my opinion, a really quality man or woman, uh, generally, generally. Well, what we, we talked about last time about, about your metal being tested and man, after listening to that thing, I, I was cracking up and crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's true that because we all get tested. One of the conversations that you and I had was, you were being tested in 2021 big time. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, cause I have a long history 
of of hunting you will be tested yeah uh the adversity adversity will come upon you oh i if you do it uh, i if I, you do it enough i stacked up a couple there and then and thought i had it uh, figured out and it was uh, a couple more years of humble pie to eat several more years it was just like a game of <laughs> bow hunting is a game of inches sometimes and or it always is and and oh. and man sometimes you feel like you just can't get a break uh but what you have to oh, recognize is that uh you're you're gaining like if you're out there doing it the hard way you're getting better at what you're doing even if it's not in hide and horns uh you know flesh in the freezer you're getting better and you have to uh you have to like sometimes you have to put that in your melting pot and work with it you know agreed yeah. the your successes your successes are your rewards. Yeah. Your, your hardships and your failures are what make you. And, and most shrink back when they, when they run into adversity mm -hmm. or, or Murphy, my uncle Murphy, uncle Murphy, that son of a, your, uh, he's kicking your ass. Gosh, every time like, this dude. And, and, and what Murphy teaches is, you left a door open and I opened it. That's what Murphy does. It, and that's why, that's why you're made by your failures because you made a mistake and Murphy showed up because you, you made a mistake or you erred. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a lot of people, I've seen it over the years, James. And again, I mean, Howie, Howard Hill in the 50s, he, he, he thought he would title his book doing it the hard way because mm. he's like dude stacking up game with a long bow is not the easiest thing to do mm. it's not that easy to do and even when you think you have it mastered and you're like dude i am so dialed I, i'm shooting the ace of spade out of the ace and, and you blow a shot you hit something that you didn't see you hit your limb uh, a million things could happen at the shot and, and you, and you get a, uh, a double helping of that humble pie. Mm. You're going to be tested in that moment. That, that moment right there is, is where your metal is going to be made. And you're like, and it, and it, it can be very heartaching. As I said, in the first bat, first podcast, James, I cry, I cried in the, on the hills. You did in the hills. <clears throat> it, it was so devastating. Uh, my error, my mistake, it, it just, it rocked me, but it made me resilient. It made me tougher, it made me stronger. It made me seek out an answer and, uh, and implement the answer. Cause if you fail to implement the answer, well, you're just being foolish. Mm. Yeah, I, I concur. So this is all pretty fitting. I took a uh, unexpected I wouldn't call it unexpected, this life hit, and I took a break from uh, doing these podcasts. And uh, you were next on the docket uh, just because of that trip, and we were going to do this podcast, and then we were going to do it over the phone. And just, like I said, uh, my life got complicated, and, and I had to take a step back. Um, and Jason Sankoviak, 
from Michigan, from the Traditional Bowhunting Wilderness podcast, he's actually the guy that had me on his podcast for the first time and talked me into doing a podcast. And I just got back from the Midwest deer hunting with him, and he talked me into getting back into podcasting and to do a po- to do a podcast. So I just did one with him today, and now with you today. I'm doing two in one day, so it's uh, like I'm I'm back. I'm back. Right on, brother. And uh, so, and, and it, as you and I talk, I'll just speak to that for very briefly. As you and I spoke, I, I you serve a purpose. And you're like, and so just run with, run with what you feel you you're serving, you're offering, you're giving of yourself. Um, you're being of service to the community. That's it. Period. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, promoting traditional bow hunting, um, in a time where gadgets and woodsmanship skills are going away. Um, it, you know, it's easy to just go about and do your own thing, but I, I can't help but to want to, uh, preserve some of that history, and uh, I selfishly like the um, the camaraderie and friendships that I've gotten from this, like yourself. Uh, and you know, I kind of list a, a long list of names of of people that I've spent time with in, in real life um, because of the uh, the show. So uh, the show must go on. Yeah, that's legit, and that's that's what I'm saying. The brother of the bow. Yeah, and uh, Bob Borland's a huge part of that. He wasn't able to make this one. We've come to the conclusion that um, it's really hard to line up three guys, four guys, and then, and when we can't, to just go ahead and get it done. And he's going to record some shows without me, and I'm going to record some shows without him, and we're going to record some shows together. And that's that's how this is going to work moving forward. So that uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to episode 114. Uh, we really kind of got to know David in that episode. You, you guys could go back and listen to that if you want to, or you not, if you want to, you definitely should. And, uh, if you haven't already listened to it and from that, you know, I really gathered that, you're a passionate bow hunter from a young age. Uh, you had a really cool way of coming up into bow hunting. I love your story. And you really embrace local hunting. You've gone out and done adventures and got, done your out-of-state hunts and done mountain hunts and, and, and went out to the islands. But you really like scouting and you love enjoying finding these mature animals close to home, right under the nose of uh, all the hikers and bikers and joggers of Los Angeles County. Um, it's, it, it's just really cool, you know, Southern California bow hunter. So let's pick up, uh, uh, and I know you're passionate about hogs and big bucks and California's got those, but man, I'd like to talk about, talk about those black bears. And let's kind of dive in kind of where we left off and, and, uh, cause a lot has progressed since that podcast <laughs> and black bears yeah. for, uh, for you. Yeah. Well, it, as you, <clears throat> as you say that James, um, you and I, again, had a few conversations about bears and what's going on in California and I'll, I'll address those things because, and, and, and a lot of the stuff I'm going to share will be applicable 
to the state that you reside in because I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you some nuggets and some pearls that I've picked up um, as I've as I've pursued bears more and more and, and in depth of of trying to shoot a big bear. I've shot I've shot a lot of smaller bears, you know, and just like big bucks, I like big bears. I like big boar hogs. I like big bucks. And uh, the the people who say, well, you can't eat the horns. I have yet to shoot a set of horns that didn't have meat with it. Usually, usually <laughs> about a third more on the big ones. Uh, and and as far as uh, hogs, I mean, after you fill the freezer uh, with those delicious butterballs, I'm hunting boars. Um, and then as far as boar bears, I'm beginning to think nothing floats my boat more. Um, this bear that I got in 2022, James, is he's he's um, he blew my mind. And and the bear before that on the first podcast, um, the hippopotamus, that dude blew my mind how big he was. But Quasimodo <laughs> could have ate the uh, the uh, hippopotamus. You're like, I mean, he was unbelievable. I actually thought, I go, I wonder if he's a cross between a California grizzly and a black bear. Oh, he's, he's, yeah. He looks like it. I I know. (laughs) So let's back up. Let's back up. Uh, in in episode 114, do we even know about quasi yet or, or is he, is he exist on trail camera? No, 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 I don't even know he exists. And as I, as I told you in 114, I was excited because that was, I killed him in 2020. Uh, Hippo. the uh, hippopotamus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that was 2021. We were, well, I didn't shoot a bear in 2021. I, I couldn't find uh, what I was looking for. And, uh, and I told you, I was, I was going back to that spot, yada, 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 but dude, they, here's an, here's another pearl. So I'll do like a, a pearl alert. This is a pearl alert. It, and it's basic. It's right in front of you. The only constant, is change your bear spots are going to change the habitat's going to change where they are this year is going to change and so and that's why you got to be scouting that's why you're going to be looking now you might have a bear or two or three or four coming in your area but the big boy's not there he's left he's gone he's elsewhere um and and uh, here's another and one paint, paint, this, paint a picture of the habitat we're talking some steep steep oh, yeah, very steep shell yeah. loose granite oak yeah. brush is that i mean am i painting the picture right you're spot on the yeah. um, fishing game regs says for d11 which is the uh, los angeles county it says hot steep and brushy that's, <laughs> that's all it's that's all that's the description i was like you're hunting in this it's not oh it's 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 not it's it's not god's country okay i'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) you'll meet god there though (laughs) i believe it i believe it uh and so yeah well here's here's another pearl man i'm gonna i'll try and be conscious of the pearls because if if you if if it goes by you i'm telling you that it's a significant um lesson that i learned that's that's all i'm saying oh i when i when i that came to my consciousness and i understood it i went oh that's a big pearl up vertical straight up and down is like flat to bears 
there is no terrain they can't go in. And, and it, it blew my mind when I realized that because a lot of your big boars like the worst terrain. I'm talking standing straight up and down, brushy, thick. You got to, you can't even get through it. You can barely get through it, uh, crawling on your hands and knees. Well, what I was going to say is they go into that, they go into that thick stuff, man, and they make these apartments. Bedding, <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, they'll have they'll have several beds in there depending and they'll move they'll move from one side to the other depending on what the sun's doing if it's if it's winter if it's summer uh and they'll they they dig out these beds and you can park vws in them Mm, that was Um, that was my question was was there are they are they going up into the worst stuff but only doing it for a short distance to get into bedding that way that they don't have to travel long because they they're they're doing nah, the sacrifice of no nah, no nah. no nah. miles are nothing yeah. miles again that's another the things that I've learned is miles are nothing and the terrain is nothing now there is a lazy side to them there okay. is a lazy side. But but if he wants to go there, uh, there, there's nothing can, can stop him. He goes up and over and then some. There, there, it's it's no problem. Or he'll come down it. I mean, I've got to, I, I found a, a spot uh, this year, uh, 2023, man, and it it is like a, a peace sign V, straight up and straight down. And I thought, I go, oh, the bears are going to be going up and down the canyon, dude. They go up and down the sides the wall it's straight up straight down and it doesn't mean anything to them and i think because bears climb trees i mean they run up trees so if if he can get his fingernail in it he can go up it right and they're and they're muscle bound baby hueys let's let's start right from the beginning let's go to <laughs> how you locate this bear, you know, cause in 14, you don't know he exists. So after that podcast, you're out there looking for the next big bear. Cause you got hippo on the ground. He's, he, he's at home. So let's, uh, right. tell us how, how you find this bear and the trials and tribulations, uh, he, he takes you through because it's, this is a story, man. Well, as a, as I said, uh, I shot the hippo in 20. 20- 20 during during covid but i blanked in 2021 I, I couldn't find what i was looking for i found bears but um you know if you're it's just like a big buck you know if you keep shooting dinks how are you going to shoot a big buck and at some at some point after you've shot whatever you want as dinks um you could you could progress if you so choose if not if you're if you're happy shooting dinks shoot dinks man that's what floats your boat i like to i like to progress and try and shoot the biggest that I can find. And if I could shoot the biggest, whatever I'm hunting, uh, then, then, you know, I succeeded on, on my goal. So, so I was motivated in 2022 to, um, find some big bears. And I really, um, uh, did a lot of scouting, man. I, I was burning a lot of shoe leather and you go, well, how much is that? You go, what are you talking about? I'm talking scouting three to five days a week, 
um, going, going places and, and either just a morning or an evening, but looking, 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 looking. And I found some really good spots. I found three, I found three new great spots. The one I call the dam stand. Uh, the other one I call, um, the, um, the scent pole. And then the other one I call the water stand and, and the other one, the fourth one, which is the one I ended up, uh, uh, killing uh, Quasimodo at, I ended up naming five trails, and it ended up coming becoming the number one spot. But I found all those stands, and, and I put stands at all of them, and I'm like, oh man, this is just going to be a great year. Um, I found a I found a telephone pole in the forest that the bears had been marking and scenting, and <clears throat> and when I first found it, James, I thought somebody had taken an, an axe and was chopping the telephone pole and then i got over to it and it, it was rubbed smooth like uh <laughs> like like ten thousand grit and it, it was full of hair blonde hair red hair brown hair even blonde all of them and uh, and then the boars up around seven eight feet had bit the telephone pole and ripped pieces of mm. it off Yep. The biggest, the biggest boars. Yep. And I was like, oh my, oh my. I was like, I've never seen anything like this. And so, um, and, and this is another one that I started to say before. This is a pearl and it's a, it has to go with, I, I use cameras and there's a, it's a significant tool. And the reason the camera is so significant is it's, it's scouting for me. 24 seven. If anything comes by, if I've got my, my camera set up properly and covering, covering a trail, anything comes by, I, I pick that up. However, uh, as me, me and a couple of my hunting buddies and my son say, you're, you're only getting a cone of what's there. And for instance, yesterday, my son had six deer come through while he was on stand and only one was on camera. Right. <laughs> And you're like, so it, it picks up a percentage, but that's it. And I'm going to say around 20%, 30%. And so I had set up cameras everywhere and was monitoring it. And I had good, I had good boars everywhere. And then on July 22nd, uh, at five trails, this, when I first saw him, I go, man, that thing looks like a polar bear. He's got a huge long neck and a hump on his back. And I'm like, oh, that thing looks like a, a polar bear. And I and when I first saw him, I didn't realize how big he was. Um, <clears throat> because I have a still picture of him and then I have a video of him as he came on another trail, but I I picked him up twice. And uh when I looked at the video, I went, Oh my gosh, I go, that that's that is a huge bear. The problem with bears are is there's nothing significant like like a buck you can you can see what he has you know you can go hey he's he's tall and he's got huge mass uh and i can i can count his times i can i can guesstimate the length of those times on a bear you're only looking at size and demeanor because you don't know how big his skull is um but there's a few indicators that i look for one and my primary is does he look like a beast he 
he has to have a, a Brock Lesnar look. Mm. He, he, he has to look like he's head and shoulders above the other bears. Um, and, and that, that has been con- pretty consistent for me. Um, if you don't know who Brock Lesnar is, look him up, look, Look at as he's coming out of the ring with Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan looks at Brock Lesnar as he goes by and goes, "Oh my God!" Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the dude's about, you know, he's, he's what four feet wide at the chest. You're like, "Oh my God, this guy's a giant!" And so that's what I look for first, James. And so I had found Quasimodo, and I I I had set up other spots, and so I ended up pulling those. And I set a double stand at five trails um, because I wanted my son to, to be able to be there with me. So we both could, could hunt it. And what this, what this spot is, is this is, there's a, it's a little oak tree that is a scent pole for them. And the boars, of course, are mean to it. They, they bite it up top and break branches off and uh, rub and scent mark on it and then the the sows do the same thing and so with bears it'd be like this is the way i understand it their nose is like our eyes so if i walk into a room and i look around the room i can see who's ever in there when a bear walks in the room he smells who's there he smells everyone and everyone's different, et cetera, et cetera. You can't beat their nose. Right. You can only, you can only get in line with it. Uh, you can't beat it. It's impossible. Uh, an analogy I once heard that I liked was when we come home and the wife's making beef stew, we smell mm. beef stew. When, mm. when the bear's down the road and, and, and she opens the window, he, <laughs> he, he smells beef he smells celery he smells carrots he smells potatoes he smells the field that the potatoes were grown in he smells the salt from the ocean that it came from he he smells the the hairspray that my daughter's spraying in her hair in the bathroom you know it, like when that window opens like they they they, they smell yeah. it all correct yeah and so that's why, that's why, and that's what I, that's what I've learned. I mean, you can pretend, you could pretend all you want, man, use whatever you want. And it, if you think that works for you, it's more like a rabbit's foot. It's a good luck charm. Nothing more, nothing less, because he smells you and he knows that you're there. Now, if you have the wind from him to you, he knows you're there, but he doesn't know where you're at. But he does know you're there. Do you think it's like, that it's like a somebody? Do you think that people mistake bears eyesight's not good for what you're saying right now? Like I agree with you're saying, like they know you're there. They can see just fine. They they will yeah. tolerate you because they can versus they don't see very well. Like how do you feel about that? Well, they don't have the biggest. They don't have the biggest eyes. Like a deer's eyeball is probably four or five times the size of a bear's eye. Sure. Bear's eyes are at, actually rather small. Uh, and that might contribute to it. And he also might might have, because there's rods and cones. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, bears have more cones or more rods, whichever one lets in more light, because he's a nighttime animal. Right. Uh, he, he, 
he wakes up when we go to bed and he's out all night. So he, he has to be able to see reasonably good, but his nose is yeah. so superior. Uh, that, that's the thing is no. So you can, you can, you can do whatever you want to do, but I'm telling you, and, uh, the one that really convinced me, James was the, uh, uh, what's, what's that science channel thing, man? Uh, how it's made or something like that it was the it was the two guys and they took a hound dog and they were going to use a hound dog to find the 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 guy and they put him in a scent free suit they sprayed him down with scent killer in a bucket while he's in a bucket in a tent in a hazmat tent and then they put another hazmat suit on him rubber boots taped off and he had a uh, a breathing apparatus yeah. Yeah. you know for like when you're yeah. when you're uh, paint fumes yeah. and they reversed the filter so it was it was filtering his breath going out and they duct taped it and sealed it sprayed him down with everything <laughs> the hound dog found him like he had a neon sign blinking over him it was well it was really ridiculous don't aren't they say, like, i mean they have dogs that can detect cancer in, in people's bodies they have dogs Correct. they have dogs that can smell small amounts of drugs or cash or even even guns inside a gasoline buried tank in or buried in gasoline buried in, in gasoline <laughs> yeah. submerged in gasoline it's unbelievable yeah it it's really unbelievable is. yeah it's it's so my what what I say is is the bear smells down to the molecule. Right. He's he, all he needs is a molecule. If you watch that one uh, with those two guys, Jamie and whatnot, I can't even remember the name of it. But they they test things to see if it is. But and and that was a hound dog. And one of the things too, it, the hound dog James, because they had they had the person a little a little piece of the person's clothes, mm -hmm. and they had it in a Ziploc baggie, and the, and I thought the hound dog would have sit there and really, <sighs> all he did was, was a millisecond go over, just, just lean towards the bag a little bit and it took off running. He picked it up so fast. It was, it's ridiculous. And so, and, and bears are even better. Um, and so I think we, I think. Yeah. We beat that one. Yeah. Yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Can't beat the, the bear business. knows you there. Yeah, the bear knows you're yeah, there. Yeah, the bear knows you're there, man. Yeah. He's he, he just tolerating you or he doesn't know where you're at. Yeah. Period. No if, and, or buts about it. Uh, now, are they now, are they more confident in themselves as they are more mature, do you find? Are the, is the bigger bear going to tolerate you more or less? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Now, a lot of times, the, the big boars will wolf at you. Mm. And, and what they're saying, because they're not a hundred percent, they'll wolf like, you better stay over there. I know you're over there, but you better stay over there. Mm. <laughs> kind of like a bouncer. Cause I'll tattoo right. your head. If, if you come over here and which is their downfall. And I got a couple, uh, I got a couple deer spots so, like that right now too. So you've located him, you've located him, and you know that he's coming to this, uh, this, uh, uh, scratching tree and, uh, there's, you've said five trails coming to it and he is a morning bear for some reason he he's morning and I predominantly catch him coming up 
and he and he goes by the tree and then he goes up and out. Um, he came by. He came by at night sometimes too. But I, I thought my biggest. I've noticed when you find those bite trees, there's always a lot of trails, like almost like an elk wallow coming to them. Correct. Yeah. That's really what it is, because bears like a good scratch. And when they when they go and they smell there, they smell every other bear's hair. So it, it'd be like um, it'd be like me calling a bunch of friends. They're checking in with right. each other, and they they and, they and, do this. They stomp too. They do that stomp in the ground as they oh, yeah, approach stomp those. Marking, yeah. and they stomp mark as yeah. they come into those. Usually, yes, yes. Uh, stomp mark is another way for them to to let other bears know that I'm here. This is me, um, and just like just like us in our community, we, we know people in our community so you're the same way you're setting up on these i i I find these spots but i've never thought that i could set up on 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 a spot like that (laughs) i mean i'm thinking of some spots like that right now oh yeah james well that's the only way we can hunt it here yeah Um, i killed i killed the hippopotamus over water which water is water could be really good this is just this was just a trail in a century yeah i had five trails converging no baiting in california or oregon or Washington. yeah no baiting yeah also here's a here's another this is this is important james right now right now our bear num our uh, harvest is at uh, 972 for for december uh 11th and our quota is, is 1750 and we haven't hit 1750 in 11 years and the way that California uh, figures their bear population is by harvest. They, they, they are totally pulling a fast one on the plug. You can go on their website. What I'm telling you is right there in their minutes, they calculate bear population by harvest quota. And it's a, it's a farbulated, meaning made up fake analysis that they do that says, well, if this many bears are harvested, then we have to have a population of this. It's so wrong. It's so off. Uh, fishing games should be sued for uh, dereliction of duty. Yeah, In because California, as the population yeah. gets so abundant, there's going to be more harvests. And that's not a reflection of the percentage of, of, of availability on the landscape. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but it's a, it's like, it's a commuter model. It's a computer model, model yeah. kind of like as they, they do with the weather yeah. and how, how accurate yeah. are they on that? They, they do it with They're elk like, and mountain lions too. And you can't figure out yeah. how many Roosevelt elk there are or how many mountain lions yeah. there are where we live. Yeah. Correct. So, and so there's, there's been a, there's been a, our bear population has skyrocketed. I mean, skyrocketed they say we have about thirty-five thousand. i'm saying we're at 75 if not a hundred thousand bears which which is almost triple any other lower 48 state yeah yeah and people don't realize that where you live at one point in time los angeles was not uh palm trees and and skyscrapers it was sagebrush and <laughs> And swamp and, and mountains and grizzly bears. Yeah, 
Yeah, a lot of bear. And actually, the, the black bear population has really exploded also since then, which I think it was like 1920 that they killed the last grizzly. So, you know, that's 100 years ago. Yeah. The, um, the, the black bears had to coexist with the grizzly, and the grizzlies kill and eat black bears. Yeah. Um, and so since the, black, since the grizzly's gone too, the California grizzly, the, the black bear population has even more exploded over the last century. And I'll tell you, I hunt California a little bit, and uh, they want like three times that you can buy three deer tags in the state of California for what they charge for a black bear tag. It's uh, it's criminal. In Oregon, we sell we sell non-resident bear tags for the same price as residents. The same with uh, mountain lions. We're trying to you know at least uh, take a chance at, at uh, controlling these yeah. things. In California, they've 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 jacked the price up to the point where the out-of-state hunter can't can't even afford to buy a bear tag. Well, you know, without getting off in the weeds, California's uh, wildlife management program, which um, if you don't don't go by what they say, don't go by what they say because a lot of times they'll say the right thing and they do the opposite. They're destroying California's wildlife because. There is no mountain lion uh, harvesting whatsoever in the state of California except for deprivation permits. There is, there is no bobcat hunting in the state of California. And so that is two, our, those are our two primary predators on fawns and deer and calves. And so it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. So by their actions, they're destroying, they're going to, they're going to, they're wiping out the ungulate herd in the state of California. And they're doing it in other states. They tried it with the wolves. Um, Colorado is, is going right down the path right now to destroy their elk and deer herds because they don't want us in the field. And the individuals who, who, who promote this type of wildlife management, they are evil souls. And, and the reason I call them evil souls is they're viol they're violating natural laws. Just like I said before, th there's wildlife. All wildlife is a renewable resource. We don't want to kill them all. We only want to harvest or kill, use the surplus and keep those animals in check. If the primary predator of deer is allowed to go unchecked, he, which is the mountain lion, he kills 52 deer a year on average. A female with two cubs, which we got a lot of pictures now with, they have three and four. They're forming these prides because it's just going out of control. I don't have a spot that could handle 52 uh, a deer taken out of it in a year, let alone if there's four or five lions there, which there are. Uh, there's no place that can handle a couple hundred deer coming out of it a year, feeding all these lions in this state. We've had a moratorium for 30 years, so... Uh, it's it's and 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 i've been hunting here my whole life and it's so sad to watch well i mean happen. look you've you've transformed from a deer hunter to a bear hunter because yeah. the lions have eaten up all the deer oh there's truth to that james <laughs> you know um, uh, bob's always like yeah well it's good as these elk tags become impossible to get we should just become bear hunters <laughs> <laughs> and and bears are very everything about bears are fun. They're delicious. 
They're mm-hmm. uh, super fun to get close to. Uh, and here in Oregon, we can get one spring, two fall tags. So there's opportunity. You get you get one what? One spring, two fall. Oh, so you could take three bears a year? Mm-hmm. Over the counter. Oh, the spring is a draw tag, and the the two fall are over the counter. Even a non-resident, eighteen wow. eighteen bucks a piece, I believe they are. For non-resident? Yeah. What's it for resident? Eighteen dollars. Oh, what about non-resident? Eighteen dollars. Well, they're both the same. For for bears and mountain lions, we don't upcharge our non-residents. We want to give them a chance so, yeah. to, to be able to shoot a predator California, while they're out hunting. California California fishing game is is just a pimp. They yeah. prostitute the game. I think a bear tag like, in California is like over six hundred dollars. Somewhere yeah. in there. Plus, you yeah. got to pay a couple hundred for a license. license. You have to have a license yeah. and a tag. Yeah, you're talking like what an elk tag talk costs. It's crazy for yeah. for for an animal that is so overly abundant. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So let's get back into this bear hunt. So uh, okay. you, you, you've got the bear spot. You've, we've got a we've got a bite tree, hot bite tree with trails coming into it. We've we've located a. Uh, what looks to be uh, the largest bear you've ever seen. And uh, it's time to start putting a game plan together. And what are we, August 1st opener there? No, August uh, 20th. Okay. And so, um, so man, it's looking really good for, for bears. And so my son and I are going to hunt opening day morning, August 20th. So I tell him i go i'm gonna go check the chips because i i don't like to go there here's another thing too when i go to the bite tree people are gonna freak out maybe maybe not but i'm gonna tell you what i did when i went to the bite tree because now i've got now i've concentrated on a couple trails coming in and going out i piss on the tree Mm -hmm. and i lay there i i'll pull the chips and i lay there in the grass with my pack and and I lay there and I my and and I don't ever leave there without pissing. But and you 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 lay then you piss right. <laughs> Unless you piss. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I don't lay in the piss. But no, I I will piss on the tree. Yeah. And uh, I I want I want them. This is my thinking. Could be I could be a hundred percent wrong. I know they know I'm there no matter what I do. So I want them to go, he's not a threat. We smell him a couple times a week. He's no threat. I smell him. He pissed here. He laid here. And I've got videos and stuff of them sniffing right where I laid. And I'm like, oh, man, they know me. And, uh, and the cameras are going off and the scent on the cameras, I mean, if you've ever put up cameras by bears, you know they'll rip them down because they smell that you touched it. And you're like, just crazy. So what do you do and with so that? Are you my, wearing gloves and stuff for your camera around bears? Yeah, again, again, I let them, uh-uh, because you can't. They smell, you can't. I, I just, I do it good. And here, here's another tip. I use, um, I use uh, wire hmm. for, for all my cameras. Yeah. Two reasons. Uh, wire's pretty tough. 
and it turns invisible yeah. in in just a couple of days. It yeah. kind of rusts up and it turns, mm-hmm. you can't even see it. Yeah. And I think the number one thing that makes your cameras yep. get detected Straps. are the stupid stupid yeah. strap on the tree. 100%. Like a seat belt. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I use wire. So there's a tip for you guys if you want to try it. I it's the it's the big wire that you use like when you're doing cement work. You know, you're tying uh, you're tying rebar. Ba- bailing and, bailing and I, wire kind of. Yeah, not bailing. It's it's okay. uh, but it's 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 got to be a good heavy gauge. Yeah. A bailing wire, I'm sure, would work too. I think bailing wire might be a little bit heavier, but and what I do is I wrap it with um, with uh, duct tape and okay. then whoop, open the top and it just spools out beautifully. And so um, I'm checking chips there. I'm doing sit. So on the 19th, I tell my son Caleb, I go, hey Caleb, I'm gonna run because we're hunting tomorrow morning, opening day, and uh, I go, um, I'm gonna pull, the, I'm gonna go pull the chips, and I'll see what's coming through. Well, I go there to pull chips, and it's in the morning, Friday morning, and I'm going there pretty much before work. And uh, I got 122 pictures of a branch blowing in front of my camera. And so I go, oh, man, I'm not, not pictures, videos. I mean, it just used up all my battery and my whole card. And so I, I pull out my knife, and I start sawing this uh, branch off. And, uh, it's, it's up a little bit higher. And so I'm going East West and I, I make a, uh, a major mistake. And I, and I climb up in the tree a little bit and I start going North South. And as I, as I go through it, I plunge my knife into my femur bone to the hill all the way. And I, and I, I feel it think, off of the bone and I, I bury it and pull it out instantly. And I, Oh, and I knew, I knew, I go, uh oh, you, you just did a major, uh, major blunder. And so I thank God I did not sever the femoral artery because I'd have been face down right there um, because I, I made a major blunder. I just put direct pr- pressure on it and um, kind of bent over there, pushing as hard as I could on it, uh, beating myself up for, for making such a blunder. And I, I, I say to myself after probably a minute or two, which would have been enough if I'd have hit the femoral, I, I would have dumped me right there. I, I probably wouldn't have been able to do anything. Uh, but I dropped my pants and I had a, I had a two inch waterfall coming out of shooting out of my <laughs> leg. And, and I went, uh Oh, I mean, I've seen enough blood, James. I've killed enough animals with flying knives to to go uh oh you're on the clock and i i flipped onto my back and threw my leg up in the air and um took off my belt and i made a bad tourniquet and what i mean by that is i put it around my thigh and i stuck it through the the buckle and i pulled it as hard as i could and and laid there with my leg elevated and my left hand uh on the wound putting direct pressure and I and I stay like that for about mm, probably 15 minutes because I didn't want to look at it because I go it's not going to coagulate if you if you keep looking at it and so I go just pull on this as hard as you can so after about 10-15 minutes I take my hand off and I look at it and it just it's going off and and that's when I knew I go "Uh uh-oh I go you got seconds so I scoot over to my pack and I have some paracord in there and I look at the paracord and I go, if you use that paracord, you're going to lose your leg. 
because it's too thin. It'll, it'll cut off. You, you'll lose your leg. And I scurrying around in my pack. And about two weeks earlier, I had gotten a flat tire on my mountain bike. And I threw an inner tube in my pack in case I got another flat. And I grabbed that inner tube and I tied it in a knot around my leg. And then I took my belt off and I double wrapped it, stuck it through the, um, the pin. And I stuck a stick in there and cranked it as hard as I could and stuck the stick down my leg and threw my leg up again and, and laid there for 45 minutes. And, and at some point I, you I, shot some videos too, right? Yes. That, well, when I was laying there, cause I'm thinking I'm out of the woods. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I go, come on, dude. It's just, and I'm mistake was, I thought it was just a flesh wound, but I did nick my fem, femoral artery. Um, I nicked it. And uh, that's why it wouldn't stop because I have an arterial bleed and it's bleed arteries bleed both ways. Veins don't veins have like a stopper in it. It can only go one way. And, um, because I've been laying there and it's still been bleeding the blood. Well, when I stood there, when I first did it, it drenched my lower shin and my boot. And then when I was laying there, it still was bleeding. So I had blood all the way up in my chest. I was covered in blood, man. It, it was bad. And I've seen enough blood. I know what a good blood trail is. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, that animal's dead. I mean, I know. I, I can look at the blood and go, he's dead. Um, and I, I knew. So later I shoot some video because I think I, I might die here. Um, this might be it. And so I, I tell my family and friends that I love them. And, and uh, I've had a wonderful life. And um, if I don't, and there's no cell service there. So I try to call out. I try and do the SOS beacon on, on your iPhones. Um, now, there was a helicopter that did come over, but we have helicopters that come over Southern California. So I don't know if they were looking for me or whatnot, but I did hit that SOS beacon. And so um, after about 45 minutes, I look at it and I go, oh, it stopped bleeding. So I'm like, dig it. You're good. And so I uh, pull up my pants, I throw on my pack and I start hiking out. I get about 30 yards. And I walk right into a bush. I, I go sideways and walk into another bush. And sparklers are starting to go off. I'm starting to go out. And I flip onto my back. And I throw my leg in the air. Both legs. I threw both legs in the air. And I, and I maintain consciousness. So, And I know right where I'm at. I, I know right in the event. You, we've all shot a buck that we've done double, double lung. And you watch him either run or walk, and then he starts to act drunk. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, like at first they're walking, and you're like, did I get him? He looks fine. And then all of a sudden, they're like drunk, staggering. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That my, legs, my legs aren't working. And, and, uh, and I'm like, uh-oh, you're going out. And my, my concern was is if I go out, then I'm going to die here. I mean, eh. Uh, and that's usually what kills our animals. If I didn't put the tourniquet on, I eventually would have went unconscious, and then and then I wouldn't have been stopping the blood, and I'd have bled out right well, there. I don't know and if you. If, David shared these videos with me, and it was they were very, very difficult to watch. Like I went home and tried to watch them a few weeks later, and I was like, "It's they're they're really heavy." Yeah, they. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, brother, I was dying. That, yeah. That's just, that's, 
I was dying. Um, and because I bow hunted my whole life and been blessed to kill a bunch of animals, I know right where I'm at. I'm like, uh oh, man, you're on the clock. And I refer to it as on the clock is because when you throw an arrow through a deer's both lungs, you know, he's on the clock. Yeah. He's got about 15 seconds max that yeah. he'll be here. Yeah. That's, that's about it. Um, and so I know I'm on the clock. So I flop on my back and, and it's, it's, it's August 19th, man. It's like 110 degrees oh. and I'm in the sun. I'm, I'm sweating like a pig and, um, I can't move. And so, so I'm laying there and I'm like, man, and I, and I, and I start talking. So I pull out my camera and I'm kind of documenting my passing. And I'm like, I, I tried to walk out and I, and I can't raise my head above my heart. If I try and sit up, I start to go out. And what it, what it ends up being is I lost too much blood during the time that I was trying to stop the bleeding. And so now my legs have gone numb <clears throat> to about mid thigh and my arms have gone numb to uh, mid bicep and my, my, I've thrown up about 20, 30 times and my stomach is pressed against my spine in the back of my stomach. And, um, and if I, if I try and raise my head above my heart, it, it goes out. My doctor, Dr. Arby, who's a good friend and a, and a bow hunter, uh, he, he ended up taking my stitches out for me. Uh, he said what it is. He, he's like, oh, you're in Johnson syndrome. I go, what the hell is that? And he goes, your, your body was taking over to keep you alive, and it didn't need you conscious to do what it was doing. I'm like, oh, damn. Uh, and so he goes, that's why. And I go, well, do you think I would have died? He will. And he goes, you, because you stopped the bleeding, probably not. He goes, but most people die of a heart attack from where you're at he goes because your heart is tumbling uh, your blood is tumbling out of your heart and i'm like what he goes yeah it's a closed system you know it's like it's, you know like all of us should use the air compressor and when if there's a cut in the hose what does the compressor do the heart it's it's trying to bring the pressure back up so my heart is going crazy uh trying to build my blood pressure back up but i don't have enough oil in the tank um slash blood and so james i lay there for five and a half hours it takes me to crawl 50 yards wow holy moly uh, and that 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 took me took everything i could um i'm in i'm in total survival um total survival mode and and i remember the dude who um who was that navy seal what's his name Cottrell, who got shot like seven times and he crawled two miles out and and i i've always said bs you can't do that yeah you can man uh because you're like if i don't i'm dead if if i don't you're dead and so um I get to my bike and here's another so you're just crawl you just crawl your how far do you crawl I crawl about 50 yards and it takes five and a half hours because oh I'm, I'm, I'm partially, I'm partially paralyzed. I mean, what, what, the only thing I can do, it, the only thing I can do is stay conscious. I can't really move, but I'm, but because I'm laying in the weeds, 
and and I put my head downhill. I laid on a hill on purpose. Uh, I scooted myself over. That's all I could do is scoot, and I've got to keep my head down. If I if I even raise my head to look around, start, I start to go out, and so I have I have bare minimum amount of blood in me to uh, to stay oh, conscious. And I was the only one there, James. So I don't know if I went out, um, but it took me five and a half hours to go 50 yards. And I don't remember it all. Um, so I, I don't know. And luckily, so, so 50 yards, I get to my bike and I'm like, okay. And I go, how am I going to get on? And luckily I couldn't get on my bike to ride because I was going to try and ride out. And luckily I couldn't, cause I would have passed out while I was on my bike going downhill and that would have been real ugly. And so I can't even get on my bike. So I crawl over up this hillside over deadfalls and just gnarly junk stickers and thorns and, and uh, buck brush. And I crawl out onto this private road and I lay across it. And there's only one house on this private road. And they, they don't drive the road even every day. And here's another blessing. Some ladies came by in a minivan and they see I'm covered in blood, man, like an ax murderer. And they start freaking out. They pull up and I'm laying across. You can't go around me because I'm laying in the road and I'm yelling and screaming. And I'm just laying there like a, like a caterpillar, man. I, all I can do is yell and scream. I can't raise my head. I'm just laying there covered in blood. And I, I tell him, I go, I've cut myself severely. Call 911. And they try and call there in the canyon. And I go, you can't call here. You got to go out the canyon. There's no service in here. So they're like, okay. And they jump in the car, two ladies, they jump in the car and they drive around me and, uh, and go out. And th- nobody stayed with me or anything. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I'm a, and they were scared. I get it. I get it. I look, it looked bad. And so thank God, because these ladies saved my life. And I thank God. So when they got out, obviously they called 911 because about oh, 20 minutes, a half hour, the uh, sheriff comes and he can't see me. And I whistle. And, and I wave my arms and he's like, oh, okay. So he comes speeding over to me. And uh, he goes, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, where's the other guy? And I go, what, what other guy? And they go, the other, the, the one who stabbed you. I go, I go, he was an idiot. I go, it's me. And he's like, he's like, no, who, who did it? And I go, no, nobody. I go, I did it myself. And he's like, why? <laughs> I go, it was an accident. And so the reason I tell you that is because every sheriff that came up there, there was about 10 cop cars. They, they came, the ladies must've did a really good job because the cavalry came, man. They probably said, this guy is covered in blood. I don't know if he did it or what, but he's covered in blood, yelling, screaming. So every time they came up, they asked me, who did it? Why did you do it? And then they even brought like a social worker. Uh, it was a lady. And she's like, are you, are you depressed? Are you distraught? You know? And I'm like, no, nah, man, it was an accident. I go, and so after a while, the first sheriff that he goes, no, nah, it, it was an accident. And, and that was big to them. And they even, when I went into the hospital, they even sent another social worker to, to ask me again why I did it or who right. did it. 
Right. So that was that was a little peculiar. Yeah. Um, and so that was so that that was the day before opening day. Now, now the ambulance comes, and the guy, the the the, the paramedic guys, man, they were awesome. The EMTs. And so uh, they're there, and and I kind of I'm I think I'm in shock a little bit um, from the from the ordeal because because now I'm like now now I'm crying man because I know I'm going to be saved I'm like oh man this because up until then man I never flinched I I had a I had a steel jaw I was just trying to save myself and now I'm like oh dude you're gonna make it. Ah! And uh, the paramedic, he was cool. He goes, what's your pain level? I go, I go, zero. I go, he goes, so you don't need any pain medicine? I go, you didn't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I go, you didn't ask that. Because I was numb. I was in shock. I really didn't have any pain because it was, I was, I was so hurt and so numb. My body was numb. That, that's something that was really weird too. Because there was no blood, I don't think the nerves and stuff were firing. Because we're 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 liquid, man. We're major liquid, and we're electric and liquid. So I was like, I couldn't feel. I, I had my legs were all cut up, and and I had big gouges in them from dragging myself. But I never really felt them until afterwards. And so I go, No, man, you didn't ask that. Give me give me the good stuff. So he gave me some morphine, and uh, and so that was good. And so I get in the ambulance, and once we and I have. I had been trying to text my son and tell him and, and what my text was, I cut myself severely. I, I have to be evacuated. Come quickly. And I'm at five trips. And so he never got it. I, the first text I sent out was like 1030 in the morning. And he never got it until like 530 when I was in the ambulance. As I come out of the canyon, those texts go through. And my son's a UPS driver. And so now he gets this going, ah! And so he is jamming to me, but he's about an hour and a half away. And so uh, he, when I get in the ambulance, my texts go through and he gets that. And the, the EMT goes, do you want to, do you want to call someone? I go, yeah, call my son. And so um, I call my son and I, and I go, tell him, tell him where we're going that I'm okay and just tell him where, where you guys are taking me. So they, so they did. So he met me at the hospital. And, um, when they took me in the ER, as it went across the radio, they're like, you know, man, severely bleed, severe laceration, blah, blah, blah. So when I get to the ER, man, they, they put me in the front row. They, they deal with me right away. Cause they know I'm on, I'm, I'm right there at the door. What they don't know is I stopped the bleeding five and a half hours ago. And they're like, and all the nurses are coming to look at me because they want to see this guy that is bleeding, you know, he's bled out. And uh, they're like, you wouldn't even got in the front row, you know, first spot, if they'd have known that you already stopped the bleeding. <laughs> oh, so wow. it, it was, uh, what was yeah, the, was what was the, the recovery for them from that did you have to get a blood infusion or no that's another thing they took blood from me a couple times james because i said hey man i need all that and they, we laughed about it. they go no we gotta check your blood 
And what they do is they check your numbers. Um, and again, my Dr. Arby, who I, I unequivocally trust, um, he's like, yeah, I wouldn't have gave you blood either because your numbers were already up. He goes, but you needed um, liquids. And so they gave me a couple bags of liquids. And he goes, if your numbers were, were below this, he goes, I'd have gave you blood. But he goes, but you had already stopped it um, earlier, which, which he goes, you just, you just needed liquids to bring your, hydrate you back up. Right, glucose. And, they gave me yeah. insulin. Yeah. yeah, so it was, which is kind of interesting. And um, so, so that was good. So here's another mind blower on it. I actually felt really good the next day. I'm like, man, you know, it's just a, it's just a cut. It's just a laceration. It took a week, and I mean that, a week for the severity of the damage that I did to take effect. And a week later, I felt like somebody beat me up with pipes. I, I, I was in so much pain. And, and what Dr. Arby said was, he goes, Dave, it's like you were drowning. I said, what do you mean drowning? He goes, all your muscles had no oxygen because they had no blood. And I'm like, oh, dang. And he goes, yeah, basically you were dying. Your muscles are dying. They got no, no blood, no oxygen for at least five and a half hours or so. So um, what do you think when, you could have done to prevent the, the accident from the get-go? Well, again, um, I'm at, I got 43 years in the field from, you know, everywhere, remote wilderness hunts, week, two week long bear and elk and deer hunts um i've never i've never used anything more than a band-aid man and i've always carried a first aid kit with me it's it's my first aid kit's so old it's rotten um number one if you have a laceration it's defcon five you you your your emergency meter should be pinned until you stop the bleeding that's first and foremost I, my first mistake was I didn't think I cut what I thought I cut, or I didn't think I, I cut uh, a branch of the femoral artery, which I did. I thought it was just a flesh wound, just muscle, which if you've ever accidentally shot a, a, a deer or a hog or a bear or an elk in just muscle, dude, they bleed for a little bit. And it's all the white, all the white blood cells come up. You didn't cut anything that's lethal. Um, and that's, that was my first mistake. Second mistake was I did not have a tourniquet on me. Major. My, uh, my son-in-law, actually it's, he's my fiance. He's marrying my daughter this July. He, and he's an ER nurse. He got me a, a tourniquet for Christmas. And Dr. Arby hooked me up with, I could do surgery in the field now. I got scalpels. I could, I've got a staple gun. I've got sutures. I've got everything. I literally could. Dr. Arby told me too. He goes, Dave, this is pretty gross. He goes, but you should have stuck your thumb down it. I go, no, I, I could have did that night. And, and I believe me, I thought about it. But I, again, I underestimated it, which I want. And I'm telling everybody that because I underestimated. Don't underestimate a, uh, a, uh, a laceration because you're, you're bleeding internally and externally if it's an artery. And, um, and so that was, those were the two takeaways was treat all lacerations as though you're going to die right now that you cut an artery until proven otherwise and, uh, and stop that bleeding immediately. Now, if I would have dropped my pants and stuck that thumb in there and, and then put a, a tourniquet on, 
a proper tourniquet, like the one I have now, which is a, a, a you know, a, a professional tourniquet, tighten that thing up, threw my leg up, light a cigar, sit there for 45, I'd have hiked out because I, I'm, I would have lost, you know, maybe a, maybe a, a glass of blood, you know, maybe eight ounces. Instead, I lost like three liters. I was, uh, I was out of fluid. And, uh, and that, that was a major, major takeaway. Copy. Well, let's, uh, let's dive back into the bear hunt. <laughs> so, so that backs me up. So no opening day. So my son, so I go, Caleb, go hunt. And so he shoots a nice bear, um, and, uh, gets a good bear there. And, um, let's see. Uh, and so I, because it, it takes me a while to recover. I'm out of commission for almost two months. I, I'm out of almost two months. And, uh, I had to relight my cigar. Talking too much, but I guess that's what we're doing. huh? <laughs> so I'm finally strong enough to go in the field. And I start hunting Quasimodo and he's coming by pretty consistently. Uh, and because I found him early in July, I was able to really pattern him. I had, um, I had a, a choke cherry going off. I had a blackberry and I had manzanita berries all going off. And, and so I had a good bear population and I had food and bedding all right there, all nearby me. And so what this spot ended up being was the bears, after they fed all night, they come and they bed down here. I got water, which is just, I'm not right over water, but it's, it's nearby. And so I got food, water, and bedding. And, 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 and I noticed that bears came out during the day a lot because the bedding is so close. Um, I've never found a spot like, like five trails. And so make a long story short, man, I keep hunting it, nothing, keep hunting it, nothing. I got other bears coming in and I had, uh, I had my number three bear who, who I think he's really old, really old. And he's, he's jacked up. He's got some, some war wounds. He's, he's got a limp on his back leg. He's blind in one eye and his teeth are really worn. And I had him come on me one morning and I heard him coming. Uh, as he crossed the canyon, he's coming uh, down the canyon to me. And when I first saw him, I go, oh, it's not that it's not that big of a bear because he's so old. He's like an old man. He's not that big, but he's he just he's old, which in bears, that's what you want, because they don't diminish. They, they keep their skulls keep growing their mm -hmm. whole life. So you want an old bear, but he just wasn't that big. And I didn't know it was him until he was at 12 yards and he turned and he came up the trail right at me. So as, as he came from, from my right and then turned on the trail, I'm on and came right up me and I wasn't ready uh, to shoot him. And I'm like, mm. so I did, I let him pass. Um, even though he was my number three bear. Uh, if I would have known it was him, I'd have shot him at 12. Uh, but I didn't. And so it would have been, eh, it would have been sketchy. It ended up working out good. 
And then my number two bear was the one I call a slob. And it's just a fat slob. And it never came in during the day. Not once did it come in during the day. And so never had an opportunity to slob. And so the, the morning I shot Quasimodo, uh, he came in down the canyon the same way 523 did. And he came, cause so he was, he was feeding up that night up above me. And then he was coming down and he was coming to the scent poles, the scent pole. And, uh, I come to full draw on him and he's walking slowly. And I didn't really, I thought he was dead broadside, but he was slight quartering away. And because he's so big, I I'm shooting, I'm shooting 63 pounds. I'm shooting a 722 grain arrow. I'm shooting a 400 grain tough head. It's a 300 grain tough head with a hundred grain steel insert. And so, um, I got 400 on the front and I'm double footed. And so I'm running, uh, 722 man. And I bear shaft them and they're swimming upstream perfectly. But I still was concerned that I would get enough penetration on this monster. And so I hit him on his third rib on his left side and it hits the diaphragm and it gets that near side lung traverses gets the far lung and comes out just behind his armpit on the other side, about 10 inches. I get about 10 inches of an exit. And I like, I like to shoot lighted knocks and I'm underneath the trees. It's like seven 30 in the morning, but it's still, and I, I see my lighted knock just go and just buries in him. And as he, he, and he, here's another weird thing. Uh, I've never had a bear moan, not one. And he didn't make a sound and he just stood there and took it. I'm like, what? And I could see my lighted knock on his side. You know, I could see it's buried right there. It's up, it's up all the way to the knock. And he just, he just stands there like stops and goes, huh, I wonder what that was. And he, as he turns to his right, his right leg grabs that broadhead that's sticking out behind his, his arm and sucks the shaft into his body and snaps the broadhead off right there. And then he walks away and I can hear him walking and he goes about 50 yards. And from my stand, he goes to about two o'clock and, and I don't hear anymore. And I go, man, he's right there. He never made a sound, no death moan. He never grunted. I've had, I've had big boars go, Ooh, and I've had him roar. Um, but I, I have yet to have a bear that I killed do a death moan. Um, and so I light a cigar, which is my tradition, because I want to give him time. So I, I sit there and I wait and I start, I, I can't, you can't text out of here because there's no service. So I'm just waiting. And, I, and I'm replaying it over in my head a thousand times. And did I see what I thought I saw? Did I hear what I thought I hear? And I have a tendency, I, I'll put my hand on them and I follow them with my hand if I can hear them. And then if they stop or anything, I've, I've got it on a clock and I look and I try and pick out um, some distinct marks, whether it be a rock or, or a yellow leaf or a dead fall or a dead branch or a dead tree, something, a mark that I can go, okay, that's where I think he is. 
and uh, and I just waited there patiently. And one of the tricks that I that I've done for years now, decades, is I light a cigar to slow me down, because uh, when I was younger, I, I would have a tendency to go, okay, it's it's enough, and I jump down and go after game, um, which you're much better slowing it down once you've made the shot mm-hmm. slow down and so that's what i do and so i i go over there i find my broadhead uh and about 10 inches of shaft right away because he snapped it right there and what that did is it drew the shaft and that's what i saw um but the the arrow the lighted knock went whoop sucked into his body when he snapped the the shaft so i find the arrow there and i got a good blood trail but he takes me 50 yards. I'm crawling on my belly, uh, army crawling through the nastiest overgrown thickets, um, that you can imagine. And then boop, I'd pop into a bed and I go, Oh, look at this bed. And then he'd cross through that bed and then go on a little bit more. And so I'm, I'm blood trailing and man, I look to my left and there he is. And I about jumped out of my skin. Um, because it was like a parked car there. <laughs> and and I, even right now, my heart just fluttered because, because I, I, I didn't see him, you know, until I looked to my left and he, if he was alive, he really, he was only five yards, four yards. And so I looked to my left and there he is. And he looks like he was walking and he just stopped. And, and that's, he looks like he just stopped. So, so I, I have an arrow out when I can. This is pretty thick stuff. And so my arrow was going in and out of my quiver. And I don't recall if I had an arrow out or not, but I, I most definitely put an arrow on and, I, and I'm trying to move around to where I can get another shot at and get an arrow in him in case he moves. And so I'm, I'm moving around and I'm getting closer and I'm moving like a cat, you know, like a snake. I'm, I'm not making any noise, trying to get as close as I can and get a good angle to kill him. And I'm like, yeah, I think he's dead. I think he's dead. Uh, I didn't shoot him again, but I, but I did hit him in the butt uh, with my limb and he didn't move. And then I hit him a couple more times and then worked around to his backside, tapped him a couple of times. And I go, he's dead. And then I freaked out. I, I, I pull out my camera, my phone. And I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. This thing is a behemoth. And so I can't even move him. Um, I can't roll him on his belly. I can't do anything. And I'm by myself. And so I go, you got to hike out. You got to get to the ridge and you got to call for help. So I do. And nobody is available. Uh, Everybody I know is booked except for my nephew, who is about an hour and a half away. He goes, Uncle Dave, I can give you a couple hours but it's my daughter's birthday and we're having a party at my house. And so um, I can give you a couple hours and then I got to go. I go, Hey, if you can just help me get him on his back to where I, I can begin to, to, to get him. And so he, whoo, he comes. So I go back, I go back to the, to the kill site. Uh, Cause I know how long he's going to be. And I take a couple pictures and stuff and I'm, I really am freaking out over him with my jaw dropped. And then I hike back out and I meet him at the trailhead and then he comes in and we come in and I, I took an awesome video of when he arrives and he looks at me like, are you kidding me? He goes, this thing's like a grizzly. I go, I know. And uh, he says to me, he goes, how big do you think he is, Uncle Dave? And I go, I think he's 21 or 22. 
which a 22, if you know what a 22 bear is, they're rare. They're really rare, but he was so big. And he ended up going uh, a net 22 and two sixteenths, Boone and Crockett. That is a true giant, right? True giant. He's the number two in the state of California. Wow. He's the new number two. The The only bear bigger than him was the world record for 30 years, which was shot by Shuttleworth in Northern California. And uh, we had the world record for about 30 years, and then New Jersey's got it right now. But New Jersey, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out, man. We're going to take it from you. You've got a bigger one found, I presume. Dude, I found I found uh, I found this bear this summer, this year. I I call him Gigantor, and he might be the biggest bear I've ever seen. Now he doesn't look that old, so I might be able to hunt him for the next you know ten years because bears live a long time. Yeah, uh, I think Quasimodo was older. Quasimodo had more scars, and his teeth were really uh, worn down and busted up, and he he was one of his ears was bit off. And he had scars all over on his neck um, and scars on his muzzle. I've seen, seen the recovery video where you show up with your nephew and you guys are walking through, you guys are crawling through the bedding area where he's dead. Like you say, he just looks like he just stopped walking right there. <laughs> and he looks like he's got grizzly bear in him. I mean, his head is so long. Yeah, it's not just like a giant blockhead. It's a blockhead that's super long. He almost looks like he's got a hump on his back. He's yeah. he's blonde and chocolate, and I yeah. mean, it is it is a it is an absolute beast. Yeah, he's a monster, man. And here's the hard part, James. And I'm talking to the bear hunters. All bears look big in the field. I don't care if it's a 50 pound cub. If, if you're on the ground with it, it looks big. And, and so that, that's the way all bears look big to me. Now, as I've been killing more and more and shooting more and observing more, I, I, I realize the difference now. Uh, but I recommend to people, man, shoot. If you get an opportunity to bear, shoot the bear, man, until you, until you could stack up some bears because if you talk to deer hunters and stuff, ask them, say, hey, man, how many deer you've killed? You know, a lot of guys, 50, 60, 100, a couple hundred. And you go, how many bears you got? Two, one, three, four. Uh, there's not a lot of guys who stack a lot of bears. Now, some of the guys who, who are able to do baits and, and like you guys, shoot, man, in 10 years, you could shoot 30 bears. Right. Lord. And no one even really pursues them. Well, they're hard, James. Yeah. They are. I mean, they I, are hard. I've and, been but, I've been learning to, to track them, uh, to trail them around in the jungle, and and uh, I've successfully trailed a few for hours till I get to their them in their beds. But they once I get in close, they always uh, seem to get away. Oh yeah, they they hear us so much farther. Yeah. One of the things too, which is a biggie, and the guys the guys who get to uh, get to hunt over bait because you're sitting there and it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's an unnatural environment. And cause I watch enough videos of, of Idaho and of course all of Canada and some of the Northern Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Maine. 
that's that's where a lot of the bear hunting videos are because the baits and you you'll watch those bears they're sitting there at a bait man and they turn and they look and 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 then they run and you're like you don't hear anything you don't see anything and then 10 15 minutes later here he comes and so i don't know if they smell them or what but but their senses are so keen to be able to watch bears and here in cali we can't do any of that so so i'm uh, here's another pearl that I discovered. Pinch points are worth their weight in gold. And what I mean by pinch points is if there's obstacles that will funnel them past you, because um, that's pretty much how I'm hunting them, either either over water or over trails or, or ascent. Um, but five trails funnels them too, which is kind of cool. Um, but there's there's nothing that prevents them. It's just that dang tree. They want to come by and see who's been there. And I tell I tell people it's like a nightclub. You know, uh, if you go to a nightclub and there's nothing but guys in there, you're like, dude, we're out of here. And you leave and you go you go to the one that's got the girls at it. Those those sit trees. He knows who's around and if she's in or not or. If there's somebody in his territory, he knows uh, that the slob is there. So and, how and often? Was, how often do you think he's checking in on 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 these? Uh, he he. It, well, first and foremost, inconsistent. Uh, it would be it would be probably like seven to ten days, sometimes twenty sometimes 30. Now, Gigantor, I found earlier this year, I found Gigantor and uh, Machine Gun Kelly. And if, if you go on my Instagram and uh, you'll see a big pumpkin head bear there, he's, he's on uh, Sal's back. I got like 50 videos of him breeding her and, it, and he bred her 150 times in 10 minutes. And what he does, and that's why I call him Machine Gun Kelly. He he would he would rest on her back, and then he'd go, and then he'd stop, and then in in a less than a minute later, half a minute, he hits it again, and he won't let her leave. He he grabs her by the haunches and holds her and sits down with her, and you're like, oh my gosh, Machine Gun Kelly. And she's and she's got gun, and she's got an ear tag. Yes, she does. So she has she has been captured. She's been uh, she's been a bad bear. And oh my uh, god, this is hilarious! <laughs> it is, dude. She's been a bad bear. And what and is, thought, and what, what, what is the camera set up there? It's it's on the bite tree. It's on the what? No, 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 no. No, I'm watching the bite tree. But uh, machine gun Kelly and. Uh, and uh, Gigantor, they're at a different spot. I found that I found that spot this year. No, this um, this one that's <laughs> the, the camera where he's breeding her, doing the machine gun Kelly thing. Where is this at, dude? This is another spot. And it's a bite it's, tree, uh, though, right? A, no, no, no. It's not a bite tree, but I've got a pinch point. They, they, the bears. I've got two canyons that merge together, and and I I've got my camera set up at that Y. And so I catch everything that comes by there. Uh, it just so happens that he caught her there and just bred her over and over and over and over for a I, long time. I see. And, and they did it all right in front of my camera. 
I see. Because there is there is a tree that looks like he's been biting on it behind him. Well, they're, they're, they yeah. do. They have a lot of them. They the yeah. bears use them all the time. There is, if you look in the background, yeah. you can see a bite tree, yeah. and they rub it. It's not as significant as five trails. And the reason uh, this spot, uh, which I call the love shacks, because <laughs> he read her insane, and I'm like, oh man, this that is video love is hilarious on Instagram. He is it, Machine Gun it, Kelly. Yeah, and so. Uh, there, there's everything there for them. There's water, there's food. The only problem is, is they left there this year to go up above me because there's manzanita berries up above me and oak trees. And dude, they left on me and there was too much food this year. Yeah. It was a bumper. Uh, it was a bumper year for, for the acorns yeah. across the country. Yeah. We had too much food everywhere and, um, everything was hard to pattern this year. Uh, and my, my big bears just vanished on me. My son ended up shooting a nice 20 inch chocolate, um, just smoked it at 10 yards and all we're doing. And I set I set double stands in this tree. We're sitting in a Canyon and it's pinched. Nothing can come up or down the Canyon without passing us. <laughs> I see. Yeah. If you, I, if you come up or down the canyon, we got you. Yeah, and you, and you're gonna get those, and that really the 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 more bluffy steep country is gonna create uh, uh, scenarios like that. That's why I, li I like hunting terrain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it it actually I learned that this year. Now I did see it about a decade ago. I watched a bear come out of this canyon, and just I mean he he looked like he was climbing a telephone pole and he just he just went up the slide and it was straight vertical and he just he went up it like it was nothing i man look at him so and so but it go ahead it didn't it didn't ring in my consciousness i saw it but it i didn't it didn't register this year i went oh these bears go up and out of this canyon like it's nothing like it's nothing. Like you walk in, like you walk into your kitchen. You're like, oh, mm. okay. So I got a question. I have a lot of bear hunting opportunity, and I let it go by the wayside all the time. And it's like, well, I got two months in the spring, and then I've got August first through December thirty first. So I've got the whole entire fall, and I, you know, and I'm chasing elk and deer, and I, and I always forget to make time for the bears. Like what? What's the, I mean, I get out in the spring after him, but in the fall, I, which is the best time, I, I seem not to. Like, what is the, the urge for you? It's like, they're not in the rut. Is there weather patterns you're looking for? Is it just, I got a day off and he might pass through this area and I'm going to throw a hunt at it. Like, what, what's the, uh, the gut feeling or the driving force that gets you out into the bear woods? Well, probably number one is, is I know we have big bears. I'm like, okay, I know I got 20 year old bears. And so I go, I got to find them. I got to find 20 year. And luckily I've got so much terrain. I've got so much diversity that, um, and I got a lot of bears. And, and no one's, no one's looking for them, right? Besides you. Not much. Yeah. Yeah. Not much, not much. And big boars, he'll, big boars take the best of everything. They're like a king. 
You know, the, the king will take your wife and put you to death. Yeah. The king eats the best steak. The king has the best clothes. The king has the, a big boar is king. And he, and depending on how, how mean he is, he, he kills other bears in his territory, sows or boars, if he can get close enough to, to grab them. Um, and so there's a monarchy. And so I'm looking for him. And now he's social. And so it, because you now our our rut is May, June, mm-hmm. May and June, I think, yep. mm-hmm. um, which um, for you guys, man, you can hunt the rut. We get I w- I w- we, we don't get we don't get June and July. And it seems to start right there at the last week or they're hard to find when the rut starts. Um, so once the rut starts, they are moving. And when you do find them, they're moving. Like you can't stop them. They're just like, yeah. they're just going places. So what times do you, what time, what dates do you guys get to hunt your uh, spring season? The, the month of April and the month of May and mm. a- April, there's not a very good movement. They're still, you know, I'm not saying they go into yeah. full hibernation, but they're still chilling out. Uh, right. you know, you'll find their, their beds where they've, pooped a giant pile and made a nest and and, right. they, and they nest up for, you know, several months. And, uh, well, and there, there's a difference in elevation. Bears act different at different elevations. Uh, right. my higher up bears, they, they more are on a traditional bear cycle. My lower elevation bears are on not a traditional cycle. They're, they're more on, they're on a California lifestyle. Yeah, they're I mean, still wearing flip. They're yeah. still wearing flip flops in winter. <laughs> yeah, they got the weather. They got the food. Why would they stop? Yeah, and that's yeah, why that's not. that's why they get giant, right? Because there's no pause. Right. There's no pause in trying to get big. You just keep trying to get big. Yeah, their survival is much. They have a much easier life. Yeah, where uh, higher elevation bears that live in colder climate. They they have to gorge themselves to be able to survive that winter. We have yeah. a lot of that in the Sierras and whatnot. Um, other, otherwise, they're not going to survive. The the lower elevation Southern California bears, I mean, they they're wearing Hawaiian shirts, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to think that you're hunting these giant monster beast bears with a recurve bow. Uh, right next to the most populated city in on the west coast like it's yeah. it's pretty wild you know it's crazy too is all my big bears have come out of different areas uh and so we're my top three top four bears have all come out of different areas uh and that just that just that just shows how good the california bear population is but what i would look for if if i could hunt uh april and may is I'd, I'd be looking for where where and what are they feeding on that time of year. I'm assuming grass. berries are. No, berries are, are, are fall. They're, they're hitting the grass. Oh. When they first come out of, out of, the, um, out of their little hibernation, you're going to see them in the bluffs. They want that really high uh, uh, nutrient grass that's in, in, the, in the dark soil. Uh, uh, I've heard. I've heard also that they that pushes their plug out yep. because they have, they mm-hmm. have uh, yep. their bowels are plugged yep. up from yep. 
their hibernation. Yep. Now, see, I don't think we have that. And and I, I'll be upfront. I don't I don't know enough about their hibernation cycle other than what I've just read about traditional black bears because our our black bears in in November is probably October I think is our number one month more yeah. more mm-hmm. bears yeah. are killed in October ours and too. then it drops ours a little too. bit in November and then it plummets in December no ours too ours too for sure so yeah. they hit grass and then they transition from grass uh, to grubs uh, and bugs, oh, yeah. they'll start getting into the stumps, and you will literally in May you can start glassing clear cuts and see. Oh, there's seven torn up stumps. You just stay there. Within okay. he's going to show himself. He's yeah. working that area over, and yeah. and they'll they'll work those carpenter ants and those grubs, and then they seem to start hanging out near the elk herds, and they start trying to pick up the the calves and the fawns from the deer Cow. and the elk. Mm-hmm. And okay, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it firsthand. I'm driving down the road. I've been spring bear hunting. And I drive down the road in the dark and I see a fawn in the ditch. I thought it was a bobcat. Slow down. I'm like, oh, baby. And then mom is right there. She's like, I'm like, okay, we're good. Drive around the corner. And here's a giant black bear with his nose to the ground like a hound dog. And I've got to oh, yeah. swerve to get out of his way, and he is on a V line. And before I can get the truck yeah. turned around, he's over there eating it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's pretty typical. Oh man, yeah, they they hit, they get them when when they're when they're uh, helpless, and um, and yeah. so they seem to well, do. I guess that's part they seem, of it. They seem to move from that to the around here into the skunk cabbage. And, mm. uh, and into the swamps and then they seem, uh, and then, uh, August, right. when not right. They're transitioning out of that, right. When fall opens and they're really starting to hit the berries and that's mm. when most people okay. kill them is during deer season. They run into them when they're rifle deer hunting and they find them in the berry patches and shoot them. And that seems to be the, 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 the most common demise of the black bears around here. And you know, it's a shame that. Most people turn right. them into pepperoni stick, and uh, oh wow! And it's like a, um, it's like a, um, a culture thing. Like they just don't know any better. You know, one guy told yeah. another guy that bear meat was no good, and somehow mm. uh, culturally, it's no good here. Um, I can tell you, they're fools. It is some of my favorite meat. I love bear roasts in the crock pot. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Now I, I will I will say I've had young bears and I've had old bears and and there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, and what they're eating, they're, real, real, uh, the condition they're in makes a difference. I've 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 I've, I've uh, chewed on a few big bears uh, that were just on white oak acorns uh, mm. or, or blackberry that uh, were still pretty pretty delicious. Oh yeah, yeah, sweet. Good yeah. mm-hmm. stuff. I, I have too. And so their diet is very important. Now I have heard from reliable sources, the outfitter I was talking with, and I know the guy, um, he, he was saying, he goes, if you eat a bear, a black bear that's been eating salmon, you won't eat bear again. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, don't. He goes, it, it well, tastes like fish. Um, it, it tastes like. I called in a real big one for a, a, a young friend of mine. That's a crazy hunting story, but he ends up shooting this huge uh, uh, 
bear uh, with a rifle after missing him with the bow, dequivering his bow on him in a swamp at close range. And yeah, and then I handed him the rifle. Uh, and this bear is huge, but, uh, when they're on skunk cabbage, it's the same as when they're on the salmon They're it's, in, it's unedible. We hung that bear. We cleaned it, wiped it down with apple cider vinegar. We did everything we could. I took a piece of it home and yeah. tried to cook it. You just, it just was skunk cabbage meat. Yeah. They just and are. So bears, what they eat. Yes. Bears, I think more than, than any other animal. The, what their diet translates into the quality of their yeah. their their meat. They, which go, they gorge had, on it, right? On whatever they're eating, they yeah, live in it. Correct. And I've had them. Uh, I've killed them when they were they were literally eating berries, thimble berries, and uh, it tasted ooh, like mm. sweet butter meat, man. Oh yeah, it's so good. It is so good. Yeah. So it, it's it's mind boggling. Any more high level? Uh, tips to to leave a bear hunter with uh, before we wrap this one up and uh, we'll definitely have um, to get you back on to, to talk buck hunting because i know you guys have been getting into that lately yeah let me think uh well just just about um I, I, you got to be patient too um i mean i hunted i've hunted a lot this year uh for some big bears had smaller bears come in but i thank god that i can i can restrain myself I'll probably end up eating my tag unless I get one here in the next couple of weeks. We, we've got until I think it's either Christmas or the 31st or until the quota. But they're 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 five they're a long ways away from filling quota, so we won't fill quota this year. You've got a couple um, of big ones you're you're trying to to locate right now, or and the, the big ones have disappeared, and that's that's pretty much everywhere. Um, nobody I know can find any big bears. It's uh, where they go, I don't know. I'm just assuming they're in the thickest, gnarliest brush. And this year, there's food everywhere, so they don't have to go far for yeah, food. Dispersal. And it just seems like, yeah, it seems like, and bears get more lethargic in the in the when the when there's less light, um, which what we're in now. We're under ten hours of daylight, and it just seems like they're they're. Right. I can't find them they're, they're far sense. and in between so. yeah the food quality is low um i went i went uh hog hunting in uh california this spring i went on two really nice ranches that uh two of my two different friends invited me and uh, both ranches normally uh hold a really good population of hogs and uh the first ranch uh my buddy said in 25 years, uh, Brian Morris, he said, I I've never seen this place so beautiful. I've never seen such, so green, you know, the green up yeah. was phenomenal. And, uh, the amount of animals that were around were next to none. Like we, we saw, I think two pigs, uh, and you know, oh, wow. yeah. And then I, I moved down to, um, to Santa Cruz to another big ranch with Jack, uh, Harrison and it, we saw one pig uh, the, the, on a ranch that's wow. normally loaded and they both are just like we don't know it's just so green like it, there was a dispersal yeah. uh, uh, and there's food everywhere yeah, and, and, and early this year yeah and then we went and hunted mule deer uh, down in southeast Oregon on the Nevada border and uh, that was my eighth trip down there and I've never seen it it was my same thing Brian said about his hog hunting spot 
the desert was green from from the creek bottoms to the tip tops. I'd never seen wow. it look like that. And normally, you know, we see a pile of bucks, and we just couldn't we couldn't turn them up for nothing. Me and Bob were up yeah. there grinding our faces off. Uh, and just could not find the box. It was just a big dispersal uh, this year with all that rain. It, I think it affected yeah, the, the dry the dry areas. You know, it didn't really affect places like where I live, where it's always wet. <laughs> yeah, no, and your animals are more dispersed, which makes it harder. Right. I mean, that's an advantage that you have if you have a if you have a especially here in a normal uh, year, we're usually dry and hot. Uh, if you have food and water, they're coming. Um, right. But this year, it was everywhere. They everywhere. had food and water everywhere. So right. They didn't have to go anywhere. Uh, awesome. And then I'm not I'm not to where I have to shoot a bear. I mean, I would shoot a bear. I would shoot a little bear right now just to get a bear to eat. Um, your friend your friend shot a bear. I saw one on Instagram. Was that your son or a friend that got one recently? That's my nephew. Oh, nice. He yeah. got one. Sweet. My son. My son got one, and and my nephew. Oh no, my nephew didn't get a bear. My nephew got a four by four this year. Okay. Yeah, he got his first four by four. My son, my son shot that bear on my gram. Okay. Sweet, awesome. Uh, on one one king woodby, and the only reason it's not king woodby is some chicks got king woodby. I'm like, darling, <laughs> how'd you take how'd you take this king woodby? I'm like, <laughs> so I had to go with one king would be. I know it's crazy, crazy internet. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, hey, I I really enjoyed all the bear stories, and uh, I uh, hope you can. Uh, what, what are you calling it? What's the What's the new big one called? Gigantor. Gigantor. I hope you can relocate yeah. gi- Gigantor this year and and uh, have a, a duel with him. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a video of him on on Instagram. Okay. Uh, of him coming by, I have him coming up the canyon, and then the the very last video is is at night, black and white, and there's another bear on this trail, and he's coming at the camera, and then he he leaves, and then Gigantor is coming up the trail, and you'll see Gigantor doesn't even fit in the frame. And he's standing in the same spot. And that's a big bear. I think that's Buddy Brown. Uh, and so they they go back and forth. I mean, wow. that's, that was what I found this year, that a pinch point, uh, you, you get a concentration of nothing can move up or down the canyon without, without going by you. And so that's Since a, they're pretty nocturnal, do, do, do you find the mornings to be best or the evenings to be best or just dependent on the wind? It depends. It depends. And I think it has to do with personality because I've had some bears that they only come out in the evening or at night and or just night. I never get them during the day. And then I have other ones that, that will come by in the morning and daylight. And they're like, ah, I don't care. Okay. Um, and I think that has to do with the amount of concentration and the amount of pressure. I have minimal, if any, pressure. Minimal to none. Um, we don't have any hound hunting. Um, but, and so it's just minimal. Oh yeah. I mean, I, a lot of pressure. I seen where he, where he's hunting and, um, it, a, it doesn't look easy, uh, at all. And it doesn't look like something in, no one would, you wouldn't believe it. Like it, it, even the most sharpest hunter, if you were like, yeah, this is the spot. You'd be like, get out of here. 
get out of here. You're go, you're hunting them in the cliffs. Out, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. It's awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say what's weird is in the eighties, 40 years ago, I didn't even think there was bears in Angeles crest. I go, there's no bears here. And, uh, at the, the, Ranger station had a picture of a bear crossing the street. And I go, where's that Yosemite? And they go, no, that's right here. And I go, there's no bears here. And they look at me and they go, oh yeah, we got, we got bears. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even think we had bears. Yeah. So. Sweet. Well, uh, I think you're inspiring me to do more bear hunting for sure. So I appreciate that. I need to get out there and get after well, James these bears. With three tags, with three tags, brother, that, because you could shoot an eater and, and then, or an eater or two and then hold out for a big boy. Um, I, I pretty much just go out in the spring and try to spot and stalk them or track them in the, in the jungle. But I think I'm going to start taking my tree saddle into these pinch points that are leading, mm. leading to these uh, bite trees and, and stomp trails and, and try to set up on them. Yeah. I mean, after talking to you, it seems like it could be doable. Oh yeah, it takes more scouting, and you and and you got you've got to really look around. You got to really scour your area to 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 find the pinch points and to find and, the and trails a, and, a place and to, to find what they have. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, and then you might find a great spot. And you're like, man, the wind is horrible. Yeah, you've got to have a place to dump your wind. Yeah, yeah. correct. And mm-hmm. so that's the challenges. Oh yeah, uh, but it's it's so much fun. My first, my first love is to spot and stalk, um, sure. but it's harder here because of the amount of brush that we have. Well, they're, they're underneath the brush. We had uh, Preston Taylor on. Uh, he wrote a book on tracking black bears. He's a biologist, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he came up and taught me how to track bear. And it's exhilarating following them and getting right on them and get right right up on their bed and having them huff and puff and run off. I mean, with a rifle, oh, yeah. it'd be super doable, but man, it's hard to get get an arrow in one in that scenario. But um, using that, you really instead of just spot and stalking them, you 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 kind of feel like you're getting a, a day in the life of a bear when you follow him, and you see where he's been eating and what tree he's been marking his scent on and biting on and where he's been stomping and right. where. And, and so it, 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 you feel more intimate. And, and now I think like maybe bringing that together with ambush hunting, Hey, that could be, that, that, that could be something. And, yeah, and, and, and you can call them in, in, in the spring, they will come yeah. to those predator calls if you're near them. Uh, and I've, I like that big bear in the swamp to those calf in distress. They will come right into those chomping huh. and aggressive. I've, I've never used it. And oh. so I'll have to try that. Oh man, but they ours, ours bear opens up for Cali in August for archery. Yeah. Usually usually the second or third week. You might be able to use like rabbit in distress uh, on them. I mm-hmm. bet you it would work. But man, they come in popping their teeth and huffing and puffing and there's nothing more exciting than calling a bear into stickbow range. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I gotta try that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, uh, we'll wrap this up, and and uh, I'll stay in touch. And good luck with the rest of the rest of the season. All right, brother. Be blessed. Have a great day. All right, you too, bro.
quiver's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snowcap makes the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm an outdoor junkie through and through, hunts my middle name. My eyes are on the target, broadheads all fly true. Can't wait till I can get outside so I can fling a few. Let's go outside and shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. 